microphone that would bend down into my mouth, and it just uh, just did not sound good. Look now, look at us. All right, you ready to get this going? Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. All right. Hey, Pep. (laughs) Looking good, buddy. Branded and hey, everything. Thanks. I like it. Yeah, this is great. You know what I do forget, though, is when I start putting the, the intro song on, I'm looking around, I'm checking different things. I keep forgetting we're doing video now. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so the awkward it, it, pauses are, are easily uh, viewed by everybody. So that's perfect. It's a great intro song, though, eh? We really, uh, we really nailed that one. Well, we didn't do anything, but we uh, we got the right guy, and uh, yeah, I he did a pretty good job. I think it was only what twenty bucks or something. It was amazing. He did a good can job. You repeat, can you repeat the uh, the opening? Like okay. No, 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 no. You, you. Oh. <laughs> you, 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 what? Do you remember what he says? God. <laughs> can you? Um. Every sports fan has, has an, an opinion. opinion. Well, these are ours. ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Yeah, okay. Now I remember it, but it took me. That bothered me all day, man. What, trying to figure out what it was? All day, I forgot about it. All right. Oh. Speaking of forget okay. about it, people are going to forget about this. What, uh, what do yeah. we got on? Again. Let's keep it around uh, half hour. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be less than a half an hour. So, you know, uh, there is, uh, there's, I think officially, 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 in the last few few days, MLB and the MLBPA have gone back and forth with a plan to uh, restart the season or actually start the season. And I think as of today, things were official. Things were signed. Uh, a handshake was was placed, and away we go. We're ready to rumble with a 60-game MLB season. Uh, for me, I just don't see the point of a 60-game season when you actually play 152 games regularly, or 162, sorry. 162 games, you're playing 102 games less than what you'd normally play. So strategies are going to be altered. You know, coaches, uh, managers are going to have to figure out uh, a rotation. Maybe they don't need a five-man rotation, uh, a pitching staff where you're throwing a guy out every five days. He's only going to get, uh, I don't know what, again, don't forgive my math, but how many starts is he going to get in 60 games if he's coming out every five? You know, 10? 12. 12 starts. Five times 12 is 60. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 12 starts. 12 starts. I mean, are you going to give a, a guy a Saw Young Award going 10 and 1 or 10 and 0? I mean, it's, it's no you're very, sure shot. You're very fixated on the Saw Young Award. <laughs> you know, like you, there's a couple times you've brought that up. And I just, at this point, I don't think anybody really cares about the, the actual awards because do you give any award for a 60 game season? I'm excited for it because I've always thought baseball was too long anyway. And I think now, especially with being. You know, I mean, baseball is fairly condensed anyway, but the fact that each game is so important and 
it's so weird the way you're drinking water because of the background. It looks like you're drinking nothing. Anyway, <laughs> we'll work on the backdrops and whatever. This We know this is not real for people. It's a work it's in not, progress, guys. It's definitely. But at least you're not seeing a, you know, a dirty-ass room. Yeah. But with the importance of the shortened season and every game, I think you may need maybe a more a deeper pitching staff in order to compete every single game and put out like aces every time you go out there and your starters might have to, maybe it's not every five days. I don't even know. Why is it every five days? Is that like a rule or is that just like a, Hey, you know what I mean? Like it started with one guy that's just like, I can't pitch every five or any more than five days or what? No, look, when we grew, when we grew up here, there were four man rotations. So your ace pitched every four, four days. And as you know, you're not. There's not going to be a W or an L every single time you pitch. If you get yanked early and a relief pitcher comes in, he might get the W or the L depending on the time of the day. So, I just think that um, a five-man rotation. There have been so much. There's there have been so many studies done on pitchers' health and routine and consistency, and these guys have fine-tuned their workout plans to basically be a starting pitcher every fifth day. And if you threw them in on a fourth day, the their risk of injury goes up exponentially just based on their training and based on how it is and a rest days. So, okay, I mean, but think of long term. If you think okay, you're going every 5 days but you're at 160 games or you go every 4 days and you're only playing like a, your max rotation out of 60 games, I think the overall workload is still going to be a lot less on the guys this year. Right, like the overall wear well, on the is, arm. This, yeah, this this year is for me is a, jeez, uh, it, it's a wild card. This this year benefits teams like the Blue Jays because they're going to have expanded rosters. I, I think with everything going on with COVID and and the, the risks, they're going to have extra players uh, on each roster. So you're going to see guys like Nate Pearson play for the big play for the big club this year, and he was scheduled to be in Double A AA and Triple A this year. He's gonna he's gonna get some time with the big club with these expanded rosters. So the Jays are gonna make a run this year uh, with the rules in place with a short season. One winning streak of ten or twelve games vaults you up to the uh, the upper tier of your division. I don't even know how they're gonna organize the divisions actually this year. I think it's gonna be a little different than what we're used to seeing. But for me, baseball over the years, 162 games. Baseball purists are all about analytics. They love statistics. They love it all based on 162 games, a batting average, home runs, RBIs. People who are numbers crazy love baseball. On-base percentage, steals, uh, you know, how, how, how well a guy hits when there's two men on base versus three men on base. Like, it's just madness. There's so many analytics to study, and baseball purists love this stuff. They're not going to love a 60-game season. I'm not thrilled about the fact that it's only 60 games. I would have liked to have seen it be at least 80, at least half the season. Keep it on par with uh, ML, with uh, the NBA and hockey. Make it 82 games. Like, I don't, like moving this, forward or just for this year? I, I would like to see the MLB play 100 games. I think 162 is just way too much. I agree. But uh, I, I also think that 60 is not enough. And you're putting these guys at risk for 60 games? Well, now you're you're in the it's 60 games that are, you know, like we said, the importance of every game. So the, you know, if they are open to fans, if it is a, a television um, revenue generating thing, there's generating there's revenue coming in somewhere. 
So whether it's in the state in the stands or whether it's on TV with a 60 game schedule, I am more apt to watch 60 games than I am watching 162, especially if it's not Toronto anyway. But well, I will watch other games that are meaningful because it's a shortened season that I wouldn't well, otherwise have. You're a college football guy, so of course every game means something, and that's you're all about that, right? Correct. Having the regular season mean something. I think that's the ultimate debate in baseball uh, over the last hundred years. I mean, uh, you know, are you are you going to draw the regular fan for game number ninety-two when you're twenty-five games out of first place? I, I get it. Um, this could be the year. This could be the year that baseball turns it around and says, "Hey, okay, maybe not sixty games, but." Maybe 82 games. Maybe I think I like 100 personally. I think that gives the pitchers enough starts. I mean, you've developed your minor league system from single A to triple A based on 162 games. So these kids train for that. So if you suddenly throw a wrench and say, oh, we're playing 80 games from now on, from here on in, uh, you know, it changes the whole dynamic of your minor league system and how you draft and who you look for. And it's, 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 a bigger conversation than I think we realize, but uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, let's. Sixty games is going to make every game mean something. So I think the Jays have a shot. Like just turning it back to the Jays, are you excited to see this young team play a sixty-game season? It's anyone's game at sixty games. It is, and the Jays are doing everything right. They're going. They're they got the young talent that are primed for the sprint, which is what this season is. They've yes. gone, they went ahead and everybody got COVID now to get that out of the way so it doesn't affect them during the 60, 60 games. Like they're, they got a schedule and they're sticking to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I, J- joking aside, in terms of the COVID, they got what, 14 guys or something like that that had it? Do you think, okay, we're excited for the season. It's sports, it's something to talk about. It's 60 games. Um, the Jays are exciting to watch. They're, you know, uh, again, the, the young guns. Uh, in round two, year two, like there's some high expectations and, and we're all pumped for it. Do you think this season actually happens though? You know what? I, I don't know. California, Florida, some of these hub cities that have been uh, talked about as uh, the bubble bubble cities for these teams to play in are seeing huge spikes in COVID-19. Massive. Huge. Yep. Massive. Arizona was another, uh, another city that they, um, uh, sorry, another another state. Uh, they want to play in Phoenix. Look, I don't know, man. We're seeing huge surges uh, of COVID-19. And again, it's like the players, are they at risk physically? Well, you know, no. We don't know how the virus actually has, uh, what it actually does long-term. So we don't know about the these players' long-term health. But man, coaches, there's guys in their 60s and 70s base coaching. There, there are 60-year-old and 70-year-old managers in the league still. I mean, these guys are at serious risk if they catch this uh, this virus. So, and you brought this, up this, you brought up baseball purists who love the numbers, love whatever. Baseball purists are all in the the very susceptible to COVID nineteen range because they're all sure seventy plus. Sure, sure. And now we're seeing a again. I'm not a doctor. I just I'm just regurgitating what I've read. But we're seeing a, a spike in like the eight average age of of people catching COVID in the States being like 32 or 33 or something like that is what I read. So, you know, that's, that's a scary thing. And, uh, do I think the season happens? Actually, I, I really, I don't, I don't see sports happening. There are too many athletes get catching COVID and the NBA is just right now. It seems like every team has caught COVID. The Toronto Raptors have gone to Orlando to, for their training camp. 
Yeah, I'm I mean, not. I don't. You know, I don't think that was smart, considering Florida's no. state right now. But right. Well, what about the NHL? Let's we're let's let's that's a good segue into the NHL. The NHL has narrowed their hub cities down to, uh, I think Vancouver is Vancouver, still in the hunt. Edmonton, I think Vegas, Toronto, uh, possibly. So, you know, does hockey happen? I thought Toronto was a hotbed for it too. So, I mean, Austin Matthews has it already. Like, I, I, I just, you know what? I mean, I, I love sports. We're a sports show, so for us to say like, hey. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a wise idea to have sports coming back. I mean, it kind of goes against our whole premise of our show. But, like, you know, what are we coming back to? Like, hockey, what's left? You're going to play a shortened mini playoffs? Let's say it starts July 30th. You're going to end October? That's when the new season's supposed to start. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 again, we're a sports show. We like to talk about sports. We're all excited for sports to come back. We all want some sort of normalcy in our lives. And sports is a pretty big aspect of it from a, a fan point of view. You, there's always different seasons. There's things you're following. You're, you're invested in it. There's your local teams. There's the revenue it brings. There's the, um, again, the, the, the local businesses and the revenue that's generated from sports and businesses that rely on sports and, um, you know, it's, we're just, we want it, we want it to come back. So they're, they're pushing for it, but I honestly think that it's too soon. And I don't think any of them are going to happen, especially the rate is going with the spikes we're seeing and key members getting it already that now it's, it's, I don't know. I'm surprised that they haven't yet pulled the plug on some of them. NBA being one, uh, you know, I just don't know why they haven't pulled back and said, you know what? I think it was too soon and we're going to have to just kind of cut our losses. Yeah. 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 I, you know what? It's tough. It's tough. I'm on the fence because I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, my life is basically uh, a sports. It's watching, playing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in fitness uh, for a living, but my hobbies are all sports related. So this has been real tough on me. And I was excited a couple of weeks ago. And I, even on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, I expressed my joy and happiness for I'll take anything. Well, now I'm, maybe I'm scaling back. And uh, I just think that a season starts, let's say a season starts, the MLB, let's say MLB starts and then there's a surge in cases. Are they just going to halt the season and then restart after things look, get the all clear? I mean, it's, it's just going to, I just don't see a full season happening. I see maybe a playoffs. I see, I think the NBA and hockey can pull it off because it's just the playoffs, but I don't see a season happening in MLB without them having to stop one more time or two more times based on a surge or, a, or an outbreak in, in the locker room. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't see MLB happening. But, um, nope. yeah. Anyway, uh, that being said, why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we're going to talk about, um, can we take a break on live? Is I that, don't know. That... How do you take a break with video? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, t- guess what? We're going to try to take a break. All right, we're taking a break. Pep's going to go yeah, to the washroom. We'll... Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, we're back, and uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see in editing how the break happens. If we do do it live, Pep, then we're going to have an issue. We're not going to be able to do that. Um, so we're going to have to be a little yeah. bit better prepared. But whatever, we'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah, 
Okay. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right. What are we moving on to? We've got NHL Hall of Fame inductees and snubs. Ooh, the air horn was late. That was for the inductees, not for the snubs. Sorry, guys. So much for the snubs. But I will say this. I'm thrilled for Jerome McGinley, one of my favorite non-Montreal Canadian players. Just a great Canadian. You know, on Team Canada, he was one of the hardest workers. He led that, I would say, un- overachieving Calgary Flames team to a Stanley Cup final. They lost, ended up losing to Vinicky LeCavalier and Dave Andrichuk and Marty St. Louis and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think it was 4 I'm dating myself now. But uh, they, that was a fun team. He had a great run with one organization. Uh, did he get a Did he get a cup with the Bruins, or is he uh, is he in the Dan Marino class? Did he Did he no. get his cup? Yeah, he got a cup with I believe is the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Happy for him. Very very happy for him. So congratulations to Jerome McGinley, uh, Kevin Lowe. Now Kevin Lowe is an interesting guy because he he actually had great stats, but if, if you look at some of the teams he played for, I mean he played beside you know Paul Coffey uh, in Edmonton. I think he's got four cups. And then he went on and played beside Kevin uh, Brian Leach in uh, in New York. So he's played with Hall of Fame defensemen by his side, offensive defensemen no less. So you know maybe that inflated some of his point totals. I don't know, but congratulations to Kevin Lowe. He just he's went also, in as a straight as a player, Kevin Lowe. Yeah, okay. yeah. A great uh, great career, by the way, and great. And he's a upstanding individual in the NHL and a great coach. I think he's in the front office now. I, you, I'd have to look up which team he's for, but uh, congratulations to Kevin Lowe. Marion Hossa is an interesting one. Uh, I forget how good he is or was. You know, uh, I think he was part of those three cups in Chicago. Uh, he was yeah. on that Ottawa team that had a cup run. What's your take on Marion Hossa? Uh, Marion Hossa, again, was, would be under the radar for me. Like, he's not one guy if you're like, oh, this is the guy that's up for the Hall of Fame for sure. But, I mean, if you look at his game, he had all facets of it from offensively, defensively, power play, killing penalties. Like, the guy brought something in every aspect of the game at a high level and was, you know, a very big impact, especially with those Chicago teams. I mean, he did what he did in Ottawa, which was, you know, excel enough to to be wanted and brought to a team like Chicago for those final pushes. But, again, he was not a guy that always, you know, didn't scream Hall of Fame at me because he wasn't, like, you know, the best at each individual thing. But when you look at his actual game, it was all aspects of it that he was really good at. So, I'm, I'm hey, good for him. Kudos to him. Yeah. And I got to say, I think – I wish I had your brother here because we could use a fact check. But uh, did he have a cup of coffee with Pittsburgh? Did he win a cup with Pittsburgh or Detroit? Before he got to Chicago, we'd have to look that up. But I, I think he won either won a cup with Pittsburgh or lost one with Pittsburgh to Detroit, or vice versa. Or he may have played for both. I think he was bounced around a little bit. But he reminds me of the modern style Yari Curry. So you know he wasn't afraid to muck it up a little bit. Um, great hands, great shot. So congratulations to Hosa. You know Hosa making the Hall of Fame. I think hopefully paves the way for. The Sens captain to make it, maybe not, maybe not next year, but the year after, or in the next five years. I really hope Alfie makes the the Hall of Fame. I'm not a Sens fan, but I'm a huge Alfie fan. I thought he represented our city really well, and uh, did a lot uh, in terms of charity work, 
So um, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for Alfie. And I don't know how. What are your thoughts on Alfie? We're all hoping for Alfie. I mean, yeah, yeah. But again, it's one of those things where it doesn't scream Hall of Fame. It's not a a need for the Hall of Fame. Oh, the way your hat was there, we saw your dishes in your kitchen. Um, <laughs> we did a second ago. <laughs> I just fact checked too. Jerome McGinley did not win a Stanley Cup, so I was wrong with that one. Ah. Um, I'm trying to fact check the uh, Marion host at the same time too, but um, Alfie again, from an Ottawa standpoint, he screams Hall of Fame from from this Senator fan perspective. But on the, the whole, I don't know if it's necessarily like obviously it wasn't a slam dunk. He didn't get in this time. It's not a slam dunk for him. But I think you know whether it's the next go round or next or the one after that. I think eventually he does get in. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take. For sure. Kim St. Pierre, remember she came and played goalie for the for the yeah. no, that was Manon Rion. Manon Rion played for the Lightning, yeah. And uh, she was yeah, also yeah. in uh, I think she was in a was she actually in Playboy or were they just they tried to pay her a lot of money to be in Playboy and she turned it down? Manon Rion? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, me either. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Kim Kim St. Pierre, great hockey career, great uh, great player. Congratulations. Nice to see um our hockey women being recognized because man, they were, they were good for, for so, so long, uh, you know, with Haley Wickenheiser and that crew. So congratulations to her. Kenny Holland comes in as a, a bit like the builder category, I guess you would call it. Um, I mean, he, what he did in Detroit, I mean, it's, it's like what Patriots have done in the last 20 years in football. I mean, they were so good for so, so long. Like really, if you think about the Detroit Red Wings, it's only the last couple of years that they've fallen off. But prior to that, I mean, 1994 until 2018, they were potential cup winners every year. Yeah, they they had a style that was all their own, and they perfected it. Oh, and from a you know at the time back then, I was a Leaf fan, and the Leafs were in the same division as Detroit, and it was there was just no getting past them. Yeah, uh, fact check on uh, Marion Hosa. He, uh, he played in three consecutive Stanley Cup finals with three different teams, finally winning the Stanley Cup in 2009 and 10 with Chicago and won two additional ones with Chicago in uh, the 2012-13 uh, and 14-15 seasons. So he wow. was in two of them before, but he had lost consecutive. So I'm assuming that was probably Pittsburgh and maybe Detroit? Yeah, I think one. it was Detroit, so tough luck. Hey, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson. <laughs> Doug Wilson. I remember as a kid because he didn't wear a helmet yeah i didn't wear a helmet but he had it was there were three guys in the nhl that could really hammer the puck it was ally of doug wilson and al mcginnis i remember just those three guys always used to like just and everybody else had a mediocre shot but those three guys could really hammer it from the point i never and, saw uh, wilson as being one of those mcginnis and uh i afraid 100 but i afraid he had in, uh, the uh, the kid mitchell do right the this the skullet yeah you know the yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he took his helmet off when he did those slap shots, but whatever. To each his own. He let the take Doug Wilson in. Uh, I think it's NHL '93 or '92. Not '90. He's not in '94, but he's in '93 or '92 with uh, with the Sharks, and he he's got like a '99 rating for his slap shot. Just FYI. So the Sharks also, are terrible. If any of our listeners are out there. This is a this is a plea that if you have an extra PS4. With something more <laughs> modern than NHL '93 for Pierre, hit us up because the amount of references you throw back to these games 
It's because you're playing them still. Yeah, times are tough. You know, we to, times are tough. You know, I'm going. I'm dealing with COVID. I've got my Sega. <laughs> he doesn't know, have got, COVID, people. Just let's just. Right. No, I don't. That's right. That's right. I don't. I don't actually have it, but I'm dealing with it. Um, anyway, yeah. So congratulations to those six players. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go over the snubs. And, uh, you know, Alex McGillney is a guy that seems to get snubbed every year. And I feel like he's been uh, eligible for how long? Like 15 years. But, man, that guy that guy was the ultimate Russian before Russians were cool in hockey. Alexander McGillney was, I don't know, as good as anybody I remember watching on the ice. And he played for teams that were, um, again, as a Leaf fan, as an Ottawa fan, the Sabres are a team that I just despised. Lindy Ruff despised them. Alexander McGillney was scary. Every time we played, like he was dangerous just to do stuff, whatever he wanted to do on the ice when he decided to play. And he scored uh, uh, he scored seventy six goals in ninety two, ninety three. Hundred and twenty seven points. Yeah, what's in, his what's uh, his rating in uh, in NHL ninety two, ninety three? It, it's very good. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Fifty-five goals and 107 points in 95-96. So he had two two years within a five-year span where he scored 76 goals and 55 goals. That's incredible. Um, he ranks third all-time in goals uh, and goals per game among Russian forwards. So that, I mean, we're talking about you know some some guy Pavel Bure and uh, Alex Ovechkin and McGillney. I mean, he's in elite company. Um, it's pretty remarkable that he's not in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't really know what. Why is he? Why is he continuously denied? How many times has he been snubbed? Three? Eleven. He's been snubbed eleven times. Eleventh consecutive year. All right, that's getting to be a little bit much. You know what would be kind of cool? Topic change is that if we were good enough, where we'd be talking about McGillney and talking about like his stats and how good he was, and I was able to put on a clip of McGillney undressing people, and then a clip of. You know, Wilson slap shot or his hair. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it be cool if we were that good? Sorry, audience. Sorry, hey, guys. It's listen, just. We got the background. We got <laughs> YouTube channel. Step by step. I guess. Ooh, baby. Gonna get to Do you. Girl. So, uh, is... Oh, you went to the second one. Next. <laughs> Next snub. We just, we talked about him earlier. Alfredson. Yeah. I don't know if you call this snub, but this is his first year of eligibility, right? Or yeah. first three years. Sorry, he's been he's been uh, eligible to, for three years. Um, don't you have to be out of it by a certain – like he, it's not just immediately when you retire that you're eligible. You have to wait a certain period, isn't he's it? He's been gone. Well, he's been gone since, what, 2015? So he's been eligible for three years? Oops. Yeah. He's passed over the first three years of eligibility. Um, I, I thought this was his year considering – I mean, I would I don't know – I didn't watch enough of Kevin Lowe to determine whether Kevin Lowe is an automatic Hall of Famer. Maybe they need to have two defensemen, two forwards, a, a female representative, and uh, a builder. I don't know how the the, the induction works, uh, how what the criteria is, but I feel like he had a hell of a career and in many ways was the face of a franchise for two decades. No offense to Marion Hosa, great numbers. You know, he's got his cups, but... Alfredson just he sticks out maybe because we're local maybe we're local maybe that's why he sticks out more than the rest but what do you think is he a snub would you put him ahead of anybody else on that list that we that I named earlier uh, probably not but I think he's a snub because of where we are right now and the impact he's had on 
the Ottawa franchise in general, the Ottawa community. Yeah. He's still relevant today in terms of, you know, it's a big deal when he's at the rink. It's a big deal yeah. when he's doing different things. So he's an Ottawa Hockey Hall of Famer, 100%. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I don't think he surpasses, like, Ahosa, uh, sorry, Alfredson and McGillney on the ice, both good, but McGillney is sort of at a different level on, on a yeah. lot of that stuff. I just think that, you know, like you said, Alfredson is just the face of the franchise, um, where McGillney really wasn't because it was they had uh, Robitaille and those guys there. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's my feelings on it. I'm surprised by the the. I don't know if you're going to bring up the the other snub that uh, that was there with a uh, Canadian female hockey player. You're going to bring that up? Yeah, I'll I'll bring a couple up. I just wanted to mention to you know if I can clarify one thing. I think all these people are deserve deserved. I think. The NHL shouldn't limit the amount of inductees. If a guy is qualified, then you induct him. Like it's why limit the, the amount of people that get in every year? If you got a if you've got a class where every single one of them is deserving and will get in eventually, just put them in. Like I don't what's I don't, put them in. What well, are we cause, doing? Because the guy who has to chisel out the 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 bronze busts or whatever, he's yeah, only, yeah. he can, only, he can only do eight in a row. He can only do eight yeah. a season. <laughs> well, guess what? Hire another guy. I mean, I, it just create jobs. Yeah, <laughs> um, Theron Fleury is a really interesting one, and it could be a, we could have a show just on Theron Fleury alone. Uh, very troubled uh, minor league career, uh, overcame a lot to have a phenomenal, phenomenal hockey career. Um, we all know the trials and tribulations of Theron Fleury. You know, uh, sexual abuse in the minors, alcohol abuse as an adult. Uh, stemming from that abuse as a, as a kid, uh, it, it's it's troubling. But from a pure hockey standpoint, you know his numbers, his success on the ice. Um, I mean, it's how do you not have him in? So is he going to be like a Roger Clemens or a, a Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, in the sense of like they're just he's just not going to get in based on some of the personal stuff that's happened? See. It's tough. It is tough because it's um, it would be a shame. It's 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 different. I know you're talking Mark McGuire and those guys, and you talk about steroids. You talk about those kind of era where they may have, you know, in some eyes, disgraced the game to a certain degree. Uh, Flurry, I never would put him in a category that he disgraced the game. I think the the game disgraced him on a lot of things. So if he gets held accountable for that and withheld from the hall of fame and stuff, because of things that were brought to light because of his bravery of, to stand up to them and to, um, to bring them to the forefront and speak up about it. Uh, then that's a travesty on its own. And I would lose a ton of respect for the NHL in general. You make some excellent points, and I just feel like at the end of the day, there's a a group of people who vote these guys in. So they're the ones who need to explain why Um, and whether it's some of the trouble he caused off the ice in his later later years in in the league and and during his career uh, and some of the issues with alcohol. Just like the guys who vote for in baseball haven't voted Mark McGuire. They, They have their reasons. I mean, I don't know. I get the stare that we can have again. That's another topic, but I mean, I just feel like this guy should be in the in the Hall of Fame. Uh, a, a great, great player. Won a cup early with the uh, with the Flames when they beat the, my Montreal Canadiens in Game Six 
on the four mice broke my heart because I was old enough to remember that. Um, sorry, yet, well, young enough yet old enough. So anyway, um, who, who knows what the reasoning is? Jennifer Botterill was the last snub. Uh, please forgive me. I I don't know enough about her career to to have an opinion, but her uh, you know certainly her collegiate and international play has been uh, spectacular. So she does fall in the snub category. I wish I had more to offer on this topic on this particular player because um, I just didn't I just didn't watch enough of her. Look, but two-time MVP in the worlds. Two-time MVP in the worlds. She yeah. went. She was. She played at Harvard. She's the first player ever to win the the Patty Katzmeyer Award, which is basically the Hobie Baker for the, the annual top U.S. college female ice hockey player. Uh, and she won that twice. Um, you know, she she had like 319 points in 113 games playing for Harvard. Um, She's only one of four players to collect over uh, 100 or more points in a single NCAA campaign, so for one year. Obviously, her uh, world stage performance is second to none, having won three Olympic yeah. gold medals, five world championship titles. Um, she was a two-time MVP at the Worlds and produced almost more than a point a game or just about a point a game, 174 and 184 yeah. games. Like, ridiculous numbers that... I just. Saw I think that. I'm more That's surprised crazy. that she got snubbed than the other guys we talked about. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I just saw that number, the 174 out of 184. Oh, That's incredible. Ridiculous. You, you're getting a point a game every basically every time you play a national game, national game with your team. That's incredible. Um, anyway, honorable mentions: Patrick Ilyash, great career with the Devils, like really underrated um, along the lines of Marion Hossa, but has some cups. Um, Rod Brindamore was a stud player for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, but he started his career with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and he yeah. was a grinder. He was there, I think, as Lindros and the Legion of Doom were, were making their way in. I think Brindamore was on his way out. Uh, Sergei Gonchar, uh, great, great defenseman, smooth as silk. Uh, we, I miss her. He was fun to watch. So anyway, he um, tops those three got, for me. I think he's the next guy. I think Brindamore yeah. is still working on it because with his yeah. coaching career, I think he'll do very well in it. And I think yeah. that will also spike him up. But, uh, Gonchar was, was, uh, was, was right up there. So for him yeah. not to be in yet, I think that'll be uh, sooner rather than later. So do we have that applause button? Do you have that applause button? Sure Congratulations do. to all of the uh, 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame inductees. Incredible. Um, Beauty. We're approaching 30 minutes, if not, we probably we may have gone beyond, but we're we're gonna sh we're gonna close it down with our man, Mister Mister Canada for a few years in basketball, Vince Sanity, Air Canada. He officially officially. <laughs> Announced his retirement today. Now he was—he's been telling people around the league this year that he was not going to return for a 23rd season. Uh, but you know, sometimes guys change their minds. Well, um, he has now made it official. He is retiring from professional basketball, and you know, I have mixed feelings about Vince Carter. Um, I, I'm bitter. I'm bitter with the way he left Toronto. And I'm, I'm not going to make a, a huge fuss about this because I don't want to spoil a, a guy on a day where he's announced that he's not coming back to his sport that he played for so long and so well. 
But when he left Toronto, he had four good years in Toronto. I'm being generous. He had three really, really good years in Toronto. 99, his rookie year, 2000, 2001, and 2002. 2003, they brought in Sam Mitchell. And for whatever reason, Vinsanity just stopped taking care of his body. He was getting injured way too often for a young guy. Um, he wasn't working on his game. You could tell that the muscle development from the time he was playing in 2000, 2001 to 2004, his body was not as not as muscular as it was. He didn't develop a real go-to move. Uh, he was just he just uh, relied on his pure athleticism for most of his young career. And as he got older, he started developing you know a bit more wisdom, and he knew how to pace himself. But I really, really wish that he a he would have stayed in Toronto and b he would have worked on his game a little bit more and not relied on his athleticism for so many years and he knows now that he had something really good in Toronto with his cousin and when McGrady left they could have they could have won a championship with those two but I don't want to spoil the guy's day I'm a Vince Sanity had me out of my chair for the first four years of his career but when he got traded and what we got in return is a friggin joke um Eric Williams, Aaron Williams, what a hot mess. Alonzo Mourning, who said, I'm not showing up, and didn't right. show up. I mean, what a shit show. <clears throat> but, you know, you were you would have been in Colgate when uh, in 1999? Yep. So, did you watch a lot of Vince Carter in his early years? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was... Uh, he was probably the only reason that the Raptors were on TV down there was... Because of Vince Carter, and he brought a lot of attention to it. So, you know, without him, I wouldn't have seen a lot of the Raptors games back then. But yeah, we got to we got to see him. He was on every highlight reel. Every ESPN uh, Sports Center had a, a Vince Sanity clip of some sort from the night before. Like it was just a, a highlight reel. His first, the first two and a half, three years, he was a monster. Like he would, he was he was performing dunks in games that I had never seen. I mean, it took Jordan eleven years to dunk on Mutombo. It took Vince Carter a half a season. So, I mean, you know, he was he was a absolute. He's probably maybe the best dunker I've ever seen in his early years. Uh, when he got to New Jersey, I mean, there's still a highlight reel in New Jersey that would would uh, knock you out of your seat. But I just felt that he left so much on the table in Toronto, and it. If he just would have taken the game a bit more seriously, I remember that. You remember that stat line that uh, that Sam Mitchell soundbite when they ask him about the game, and he goes, "We had guys tonight with a with a stat line zero zero zero. If they don't want to be here, they can leave." He was talking about Vince Carter, you know, really? and that precipitated the trade. Um, I mean, it was, I'm sure there were there were other guys that night, that particular night, that weren't performing, but that was that really was the catalyst for Vince Carter leaving town. So. <sighs> Man, it breaks my heart because what what an athlete! And you're right, the first Canadian, uh, the first was a game that Vince Carter took part in against the Phoenix Suns. I remember. Great. So, well, I feel like we've gone over our time because you were making a point and you were very like, "See, told you," but you were choppy, didn't hear a thing, and then it came back on, and you were just like, "Hmm." Made my point. Didn't hear a fucking word you said. So anyway, I guess we maxed out our uh, our internet bandwidth for the half hour. Do you want to repeat the last part of what the hell you were talking about? I said you nailed it because 
they did nationally televise a Raptor game uh, during Vince Carter's tenure. It was the first Raptor game that was on on M- it was uh, NBA on NBC playing the Phoenix Suns, and that was Vince Carter who was uh, on that team, and they actually won. So it was at the ACC, and uh, I remember it was Snapper Snapper Jones was doing the game with Bill Walton, and uh, they were just raving about how athletic Vince Carter was and how the Raptors are the next up-and-coming team. They really had something going, and they just they, they blew it up. And do you know – let me put you on the, a quick quick spot here. Do you know the, the game plan they had when they, when they decided to let McGrady walk? Can you be more vague? Sorry. What, hey. what do you mean game plan? Who's they? What game plan? So, so the organization. The organization. What Do you know what they had in mind when they let McGrady walk? Yeah, they wanted in to bring in their- uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, yeah, well, yes, yes. Really? Yes, yes. Totally, totally grabbing at straws there, but. No, they want to bring, they want to bring a big time power forward because back at, it was before the running gun days. So they, they still, it was still the NBA where you, they thought, you know, you need a center, you need a, uh, a shooting guard and you need a, a point guard who distributes. It's not like now, it's not like today where you got your point guard, Steph Curry, hoisting up threes and not really playing uh, any D. Back in that day, you had a, a point guard who played defense and distributed the ball. So they thought they can go out and get Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, who was their plan B, because they, yeah. did, they did try to get Barkley. So they let McGrady walk because they wanted to have a bit more balance on the floor. And if you think about it now, you know, a McGrady-Vince Vince Carter tandem in today's NBA would, would probably win you a championship. So yeah. it's funny how the mentality and how the strategies have differed over the, over the years, but that was essentially the Raptors' plan, was to say, you know what, we're going to let him go. We're going to try and get ourselves a, a big-time big man and uh, – it didn't work out. I mean, Elijah was on his last legs, and he was actually he fasted for most of that season because he's uh, was it Ramadan? Maybe I, I'm not. Forgive me. I don't know what. Uh, but he he didn't eat for most of the first half of the season, so he was slow, lethargic, and his knees were shot. But anyway, there's what a little. He, uh, he looked good in the swim did. trunk. He did. <laughs> yes, he did. I'm gonna have to do that. Um, that being said, too, they replayed the '91. World Championship 91, I think it was, Lakers and Bulls. Did you watch yeah, that yeah. the other day? On? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw, you know, whatever, Pippen all over the place, dunking and, you know, really bringing it down at the at the end of the stretch and packs and lighting it up. And I saw yeah, yeah. Jordan get fouled at the end of the game and go uh, shoot a free throw and he missed it. So, uh, whatever, garbage. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you know you know who I didn't see in that game? Or in the last, in the three games in L.A., you know who I didn't see? James Worthy and Byron Scott because they were both hurt. Right. So they would have, they would have. Worthy was Worthy was the best player in the team. Worthy was their Michael Jordan. So you know, uh, I, I get so pissed off when people talk about that series because they took one in in Chicago. They took the first one, and then yeah. Worthy and Scott got hurt in Game Two, and Jordan did that whole under the basket left hand uh, reverse layup thing that he didn't have to do. So anyway, don't get me started. I watched that last night, and they still almost won. Yeah, it's an asterisk. The Chicago was not good. Michael Jordan was not that good. Anyway. <laughs> we're going to go out. I don't have a song queued up, but we're going to go out. I'm going to edit this and I'm going to throw in the shout out to Father's Day that my brother Curtis found this great thing the cameo where you get some celebrities that'll say stuff for you. Anyway, we found Incredible. my dad's a big Skinner fan and we found Peter Keys, the keyboardist for, uh, for the band, and uh, we got him to make a little video for my dad for Father's Day, and we're going to go out to that. Uh, my dad still raves about it. He posts it all over his Facebook, and he's playing it every probably every day. It's on his phone. I'm surprised it's not his ringtone yet. 
Anyway, <laughs> it was probably the best gift uh, we could get a guy that uh, doesn't need anything. So we're going to go out to that. Day. Happy Father's Day, yeah, to all the fathers out there. And, um, hey, this is uh, video two. Let's see what happens. We'll work on our backdrops. We'll work on our sounds. And uh, at some point, we'll get video clips in there. I don't know how, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. And if anybody's looking for training, trying to get in shape, summertime is here. We just have nowhere to go. But you're looking for training, personal training. I know a guy who will go to your house or will do uh, workouts outside. Um, he's on the, I don't know if he's on this side or if he's on this side. I don't know how this is going to edit. But my boy P-Dog does the training. So if you're looking for training, looking to get in shape, figure out your meal plan or whatever, I might as well be looking right at myself. But anyway. Talk to Pep and get your stuff together. So reach out to us, reach out to Pep, and he'll help you out. Any last words? No, man. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. And I'm off to a cottage this weekend, so uh, everybody be safe and happy, and I'll be sipping on some piña coladas and uh, doing some sea doing. Beauty. All right. Here's yeah. Peter Keys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Hey, Rob. Peter Keys here from Leonard Skinnerd. Uh, your boys, Brock and Curtis, wanted to get you something special for Father's Day. And since there won't be a Skinner roadie with the Four Horsemen this year, I thought I'd play a little something for you. What song is it you want to hear? I think I know that one. Happy Father's Day. That's what's up. God bless you.